I'm Ken Record, and I welcome you back to Mining Biblical Truth, where we don't just M-I-N-E Biblical Truth, but we concentrate on uh, learning to M-I-N-D Biblical Truth. And this week, uh, we continue in our uh, review of uh, the Shabbos uh, Biblical th Critical Theory book by Christopher Watkin. Uh, as in the earlier videos, I strongly encourage you to read the book. What I provide is just uh, my take and uh, a brief uh, uh, overview. There's a lot more uh, information uh, in the book. But this week, we're studying Chapter 3 on Humanity. Humanity, the only created beings that question their identity. Animals were created according to their kinds, but man was blessed and created in God's image. This is what makes us distinctive. So what is the image of God? In Latin, the imago dei. How humans differ from animals. One is that we have free agency, where we have the ability to reshape uh, and redefine the world. Uh, or even uh, commanded by God to do that. We engage in self-improvement. Watkin calls it participating in our own fashioning. Secular humanist denial of uniqueness of man is uh, epitomized by Darwin, who said difference is uh, one of degree, not of kind. In other words, we're just uh, higher animals. <laughs> now, the image of God is a gift. This is an important concept. It's not earned. The image of God. So the question is, is it substanti sub uh, substantial? Uh, is it a physical resemblance? Is it functional? Is it caring for the creation and creating from it? Or is it relational, male and female, loving like the Trinity? So, it, and the concept of exceptionalism is a given or earned. If earned, then it can be lost, and not all humans will possess it. What about humans with severe limitations that would become, uh, would make becoming exceptional in human terms impossible? Well, the first victims of the Nazi Holocaust were not the Jews, but the demented and the deformed. Today, some countries take pride in eliminating Down syndrome via an abortion, as an example. There's an inability for us to, to earn the image of God puts an, an immediate damper on human pride. Watkins says, this gift hyphen nature of the image of God provides a powerful basis for human dignity, equality, and human rights. The dignity of the Amanjo Dei Post-humanism, uh, robots and monsters, uh, uh, which is one of Watkins' subtitles, from Frankenstein to Terminator to artificial intelligence. Human beings are made in the image of the incomprehensible. According to Gregory of Nyssa, Pascal said, humanity uh, infinitely transcends humanity. 
and Peter Berger uh, says, man, is, is let loose, untamed, undomesticated. Uh, sorry, that was by G.K. Chesterton. And Peter Berger said, men are congenitally impelled to impose meaningful order on reality. We bring order to reality just as God brought order to the chaos of the initial world. And then there's the Post-Humanist Improvement Project. The countryman C.S. Lewis uh, proposed an abolition of man. Who decides what constitutes improvement other than the very beings that need improvement? <laughs> I love that. Does one subgroup of humans define improvement for all? Is there no autonomy? On the one hand, we feel compulsion to improve, but can we trust ourselves to choose the type and method of improvement? Maybe you think taking illegal drugs will improve you. Or becoming an alcoholic. Or smoking. Uh, my take is artificial intelligence and genetic manipulations are examples of improvements, uh, quote-unquote, that can backfire into degradations. As shown in this uh, photo at the bottom, it's a robot examining a human skull. There is the fear that that uh, artificial intelligence will just uh, take over and humanity will uh, be extinct. In the post-humanist improvement project, there's the nature improvement dichotomy. On the one extreme, you have no human improvement permitted, and the other extreme, you have any and every human improvement permitted. Neither extreme does justice to the Imago Dei. But the Imago Dei, made in the image of God, uh, takes the best of both of these uh, extremes and brings them together. Question posed by Watkin is, should our thinking on the issue of improvement be governed by the legalistic question, what can we get away with? Or by the biblical question, how can we best glorify God, love him, and love our neighbor? Good guideline. Like I says, being made in the image of God keeps us from thinking too much of ourselves and simultaneously from thinking too little of ourselves. This is the, the bridging the extreme. Uh, we cannot be raised too high, but we also cannot be lowered too low. Uh, the following is paraphrased from a speech by the character Aslan by C.S. Lewis. Man has enough honor to raise the head of the poorest beggar and enough shame to bow the head of the greatest emperor. And Pascal said man is neither angel nor beast. Enlightenment, uh, the contradiction is that man is both God and beast. It's again, it's the two extremes. Yeah. Uh, G.K. Chesterton, uh, who uh, Watkin quotes frequently and is also one of my favorites, said, A Russian pessimist will denounce a policeman for killing a peasant and then prove by the highest philosophical principles that the peasant ought to have killed himself. 
The man of this school goes first to a political meeting where he complains that savages are treated as if they were beasts, and then he takes his hat and umbrella and goes to a scientific meeting where he proves that they practically are beasts. This is the irony. The contradictions of modernity. Man has his own uh, as his own God and man as machine. Terms coined by the philosopher Alvin Plantica are that is are creative anti-realism. That man can create, therefore he is like God. And perennial naturalism, man is just a complicated machine with no real creativity. Again, two extremes. If we are not in the image of God then we have to be in the image of something else, either real or imaginary. My take is how we see the image of ourselves defines the meaning of our lives. Any image other than Imago Dei is a downgrade. God commanded them to fill the earth and subdue it. Um, God blessed them in Genesis one twenty eight: be fruitful and multiply. Um, and as he got through, he said that Eden was unspoiled, but also unfinished. God made it so we could finish it. So we could subcreate under his guidance. So our job is subcreation. Uh, Adam and Eve can use their imaginations. Uh, taking what God created and changing it according to the imagination of man. Adam's first act of imagination was naming the animals. His second act, naming Eve. Note, God brings the animals to Adam as he later would with Noah. At least that's the most likely supposition. Uh, God brings Eve to Adam, clearly. And God the Father brings people to Christ uh, via this, uh, the Son, via the Holy Spirit. Naming exerts authority or ownership. For instance, King Nebuchadnezzar does this when he renames his uh, captives in Babylon, even re renaming the king of Judah. Naming mimics God's creative act through speaking. God spoke the world into existence. Communication is the essence of civilization. We were discussing this in small group and speculating as to... Um, where Adam got his uh, original language. Uh, and of course, we don't know, uh, except that whatever he had came from, uh, came from God and he was able to communicate with God. When God confuses the language of the people of Babel, he makes their civilization impossible. Language and power. Uh, Jacques Ellul said, human sovereignty is due more to our language than to our techniques and instruments of war. Think about how many how many times you've gotten in a conflict with someone over language rather than over something physical or a physical insult. In George Orwell's 1984, quote, new speak, unquote, invents words to make ideas intentionally ambiguous and confusing in a sense, dignifying nonsense. Politically correct thinking becomes, quote, good think, unquote, 
and believing contradictory ideas, quote, double think, unquote, or we could perhaps call it bad think. And just ask yourself how much of that kind of uh, societal uh, uh, pressure and opinions are occurring today. Uh, George Orwell said in 1984, don't you see that the whole aim of Newspeak is to narrow the range of thought? In the end, we shall make thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. And today we clearly have that in the laws of, uh, of, many, of many countries in the form of hate speech laws. And there's language and power of AI. I was just this week, there was a, a story about uh, the newest AI powered scam. Um, AI programs are able to take just a few words uh, of yours recorded um, and then be able to make anything out of it that sounds like you. You respond verbally to a robocall, for instance, just with a few words. And that's all they need to copy your voice. And then they can call one of your family members and frantically uh, demand money or 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 uh, communicate some other uh, deception, you know, for to uh, to take advantage of you. So what happens is we can no longer know who we are talking to unless we call that person directly on their phone. So there are two extreme views of the natural world that Waki gets into. One he calls sacred groves, and the other trees as facts, as illustrated by these drawings. Uh, there are no godlike spirits of trees, but God uses trees as spiritual symbols. Um, Waki doesn't mention it, but there is a, a fine book I read a few years ago by Matthew Sleeth called Reforcing Faith. And it's really all about the symbolism of trees throughout the whole Bible. It's a fascinating read. And this reminded me of that. My take on this is like man mankind, trees should not be glorified or demeaned. Adam and Eve are to take care of the trees, but not solely for the tree's physical benefit and not to pretend that the trees have souls. So the natural world dich dichotomized in this, in this way uh, is bridged by uh, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion. God gave us dominion over the earth. It's put there for our use, not to abuse, but also not to just preserve and not use at all. Uh, I like to think of it as the trees are here for us more so than we are here for the trees. Watkin calls this a, uh, quote, a beneficent, subcreative intervention accountable to God. <laughs> I would call it a gift to be used with godly wisdom. Adam and Eve are not to possess nature, uh, but neither are they to merely conserve it, much less worship it. They are to develop it by continuing the order-bringing work that characterized God's own creation. As so the sub-creation uh, acts are all about by us, they are to 
bring a further degree of order. Secular modern thought is that nature is our mother. This implies that our origin is from nature, that all natural things have equal dignity and status with us. Therefore, killing a human being is no different than stepping on a cockroach. Life in the Garden. At the end of Genesis 2, in the Bible storyline, all is well, with three essential elements. One, God's people living in uh, God's place under God's rule and blessing. So walk in paraphrasing uh, Graham Goldsworthy. So uh, uh, for the benefit of our audio listeners, I'll, I'll, I'll read Watkins' uh, uh, discussing questions. Um, one was explain the main points uh, to a 10-year-old in one minute. Uh, how are Adam and Eve like the other creatures and how are they different? In what ways does the biblical account of humanity challenge Thomas Hobbes' understanding of human worth? Um, a Christian philosophy of meaning could do worse than to begin with a meditation on Adam's naming of the animals. How so? And how do the biblical commands to have dominion and rule avoid both exploitation and veneration of nature? My think about a question for you is examine your own view of mankind. Does your view dignify man? Is it on par with the Imago Dei? Stop here and go back and answer at least one of those questions. And uh, we would love for you to, to, to share your answer with us on, on, on YouTube or make other comments on YouTube. Let's go, Lord, in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this uh, uh, treatise on uh, humanity. Thank you, Lord, for creating us in your image, for dignifying us, for raising us above the animals. Uh, and help us, Lord, to uh, bring further order to the world and not promote uh, uh, disorder, not to separate, but to bring together. In Jesus' name, amen. So please subscribe, uh, please share uh, uh, with a, uh, a friend. And also remind you that uh, uh, you're welcome to email us if you, if you would like to uh, join our online Zoom discussion group. And have a great week. Blessings.